Hey, and welcome back once again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. Hey, really excited to have you join me today as we continue in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Yesterday, we looked at this, this uh, maybe early Christian hymn that reminded us of the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, even in even in our faithlessness. It reminded us that, that we are those who trust him, we put our faith in him, and then he is the one who holds us secure. And today we're going to look at a text that really is directed at the church and, and reminding us of what is most important, what we should be giving ourselves toward, the task that is at hand. And so let me show you our text today. Here it is. It's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. And then we're going to do some review as well. And so here's what Paul says. He says, remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. It says, but avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. And their, their talk, it will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They're upsetting the faith of some. Now, there's a ton in this text, and, and I want to walk through this, and I want to kind of start with this first instruction, and then with that, um, I want us to review some of what that first instruction entails. And so, the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, he says, remind them, remind the church of these things. Now, contextually, what are these things? Well, if we just back up a little bit, if we back up just a few verses, we see verse 8 begins, it says, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David as preached in my gospel. Paul says, remind them of these things. I would argue he's saying, remind them, first of all, of the gospel truth. Remind them of this great news that Jesus is the one who is risen from the dead. He died. He was a substitutionary sacrifice for our sins. And he was resurrected from the grave. He is the one who is victorious. This Jesus who is resurrected, he is the one who is the offspring of David, the promised Davidic king to whom God has vowed an eternal kingdom. Remember the gospel truth. The next verse, he says, receive the gospel trials. He says, for which I am suffering. I am suffering, Paul says, for this gospel truth. He says, I'm bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. He says, therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Paul reminds Timothy, he says, I am, I am suffering right now. And as I suffer, it's for the gospel. Paul tells Timothy, remind the church that there may very well be gospel trials in the future for you. That there will be moments where life is hard, where you are being challenged, where unexpected things befall you in your life. Sometimes it will actually even be because you are serving Jesus in the gospel. Remember that. Paul says to Timothy, remind them of these things. And then finally, remember the gospel testimony. Rely upon the gospel testimony. This is a text we looked at yesterday. It says, the saying is trustworthy, verse 11. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, 
for he cannot deny himself. We looked at this great truth yesterday of the faithfulness of God in Christ toward us. So this is what Paul has in mind when he writes to Timothy. Remind them, remind the church of these things. He says, in addition, charge them before God. Not to quarrel about words. Don't be in endless arguments about all sorts of different doctrinal issues that are clearly settled in the scripture. What the scripture has said we must cling to. So that does no good. It only ruins the hearers. When we don't believe what the gospel says about how that in Christ there is no longer Jew or Gentile, there's no longer slave or free, that our externals, our, our ethnicity, our economic level, our gender do not determine our value in Christ, but rather it's the trust in Christ that is what unites us and reconciles us. When we have all sorts of different ideas about that, you know what it does? It, it only ruins the hearers. This is what this text is teaching us. And so from there, verse 15, he goes on, he says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. This is the charge. It's to, to Timothy to, to rightly cut, to, to make a straight cut with the word of God, to rightly handle, to take the word of God and teach it correctly. This is the charge. We remind each other of these things, of all of the truths of the gospel. When we remind each other of these things, we do our best. We, we don't get caught up into quarrels about things that the Bible clearly teaches are true. We don't argue over those things. And then this results in us presenting ourselves to God. We're not ashamed because, because we're handling his word the way he wants us to handle his word. Back to verse 16. It says, but avoid irreverent babble. This for will only lead people into more and more ungodliness. The more we talk about things that are clear in Scripture and question them, I used one example a moment ago. Let me use another example. What about the example of, of homosexuality and transgenderism? The Bible is very clear about these things. That, that God designed husband and wife to be married in covenant bond for the entirety of the, their life. That God made man distinct from woman. They are different. There's no changing between the two genders. These things the Bible is very clear on. When we, when we question that, when we allow that to be part of the conversation, when it's clear, here's what the Bible promises will happen. It will lead people into more and more ungodliness. This is the result. This might not be a popular opinion in our world, but, but this is the result and you don't have to look very hard at the culture to see that's exactly what's happening. Verse 17, he says, their talk will spread like gangrene. It will be like a highly, uh, a highly contagious disease passing from one person to the next. He says, among them are Hymenaeus and Philetius who have swerved from the truth, saying the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some, uh, naturally, in the first century, here's what it looked like. There were these men who were taught that this, this expected event, the resurrection of the dead, that it had already happened. They were teaching that some people had missed out on a very important eschatological end times event. There's this teaching that they were less of a Christian, that you have less of God. They, they were missing the point. And so these, these people were teaching this and the result is they swerved from the truth. They were going 90 miles down the road straight at the gospel. And at the last second, they pulled a hard right. Their vehicle goes rolling off into utter destruction. And they missed the gospel. 
This is what happens when we when we question the clear teachings of Scripture. Now, if you have questions about what the Bible says, that, that's one thing. But when you go to the Word and you say, did God really say? And you reject the clear revealed Word of God, it's dangerous. It doesn't lead to anything good. It only ruins the hearers. And so our ancient way for our modern day is to, to remind each other of what is true, to remind each other of the gospel, to encourage each other to endure in trials and hold fast to the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, even in our struggles. And this is our ancient way for our modern day.